Dan Dickow here on the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, giving a quick preview of both the Western and Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA playoffs. I've really enjoyed watching these NBA playoffs up till now. There's been some terrific performances, some big time games. If you just look back at the conference semifinals, uh, all series, two of the series went to game sixes. Two of them went to game sevens. And the crazy thing is in game sevens, um, you had a couple dominant performances by teams. Um, you know, when you look at what Boston uh, did to Milwaukee, and then what you look at when you look at what Dallas did to Phoenix in game sevens, uh, you know, game sevens are kind of one of those things where uh, very rarely in the course of your career, do you get an opportunity to play in a game seven. Uh, and when you do, your legacy, I guess you could say, can a lot of times be made. A lot of contracts can be made by having great performances in a game seven. Um, and a lot of doubts about a player's career can occur in a game seven. Uh, but when you look at, uh, you know, what that Sunday of games were with game sevens, what a fun day of basketball. You start off with um, Boston absolutely throttling Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the defending champs. Giannis uh, obviously playing as well as anybody in the league right now, even though Jokic was named the MVP, which I think was correct. Um, Giannis is, is absolutely unstoppable at times. The Bucks missed Chris Middleton. They just did flat out. They needed one more score, um, a guy who could get to the mid-range, um, whether it's in, in one, two dribble pull-up actions, uh, whether it's in, in curl cuts, whether it's in spacing, uh, knockdown threes, they missed him, but, you know, really fun series to watch. But when you look at it, I think just the defense of Boston uh, was the difference. Um, you, you look at Marcus Smart getting that, kind of setting that tone. And then when you see the other guys that come in, um, they were executing every type of situation and game plan uh, philosophy that Ime Udoka had implemented. Uh, you look at Peyton Pritchard comes off the bench. It plays really well in game seven. You look at um, Grant Williams. They talk about having that kind of monumental game for your career where you can earn an enormous contract, where you can kind of cement your place in the league. I think Grant Williams, even though I don't think he, he needed any validity, validity, um, validity <laughs> to his career uh, of being in the NBA. I think it, it really, um, you know, proved that he uh, was ready for the moment. Uh, may, knocking down all those threes. Uh, I think you look at Jalen Brown continuing to buy in on the defensive end of the floor. Jason Tatum is starting, has started to buy in the defensive end of the floor under Udoka. But uh, another magical performance offensively in that series from Jason Tatum. When you look at a couple of years ago, that NBA draft where Markel Fultz went number one, um, you just kind of scratch your head. Like Danny Ainge knew what he was doing. Uh, I've always thought Danny was one of the best at evaluating talent um, and kind of maneuvering and manipulating trades, especially through the draft day. Uh, he did that when, when he was able to get Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett before they won their championships. Um, but he he was spectacular in finding a way to get um, Jason Tatum in that draft day because I I agreed I I thought he was the best scorer I thought he was the best all around player um, and when you look at you couple that with the work ethic that he has he's proven that he's a top five 
top eight type talent for sure in the NBA right now. Uh, he's going to be in the conversations uh, for all NBA and MVPs for, for quite some time. When you look at Miami, they obviously closed out um, Philadelphia. James Harden just doesn't look himself. He kind of looks disinterested. Um, Doc Rivers got some backlash, but I don't think that's necessary because when you have a player like Harden who plays the way he does and has struggled to appear um, and make an impact in the biggest games in the playoffs in his career, uh, and then you couple that with the, the craziness of the Ben Simmons saga from last year, I mean, what more can you work through as a head coach? It's really dis disappointing and frustrating. Golden State obviously closed out on the, going to the Western Conference. Now Golden State closed out Memphis. Uh, you know, John Morant was out with that bone bruise. Uh, I don't think it really would have made much of a difference because Golden State looks like they are back to being the dynasty type team that they were a few years back. But a lot of that has to do with with Clay Thompson it was terrific in game six. He's looking and moving more like the Clay Thompson of old. And you couple that with Steph Curry playing extremely well. Uh, and then the emergence of Jordan Poole, which has been well documented over the second half of the season. And in particular, some big games in the playoffs. Uh, they just know how to win. They've got the experience. They've got the belief. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. And Dallas absolutely throttling Phoenix on Phoenix's home court. Um, you know, I... I really like Chris Paul's game. I think he is a all-time point guard, um, but there's just some things about his game that um, he's always kind of fallen short um, in the playoffs. And I had said this in, in years past, he kind of had a little bit of a breakthrough last year with Phoenix, um, you know, but this year, again, in a game seven of all things, I think the loss yesterday or on Sunday, excuse me, drops him to 0-7 all-time in playoff games. Um, you know, I, I think he's one of those point guards that's supremely talented. He impacts the game in so many ways. But also, to me, a lot of times he wants it to be about him. He wants it to be him in pick and rolls, him making that assist pass. Um, and when you have a team so reliant on that, and then you have a guy that looks like or it was talked about after the game that he was hurt, he had a quad injury, um, you know, you're you're kind of up against the wall, so to speak, for the Suns. But, you know, the Suns weren't in it from the start. Dallas jumped on them early. They did a tremendous job of, of uh, operating and in, in executing and pick and rolls, getting the switches they want, then attacking them and exploiting them. Whether it was Luka Doncic right from the get-go, just, um, you know, being uh, unbelievable in the moment player. He's been great in big games throughout his whole career, whether you go back to when he was playing in the Euro league at a young age to the Dallas in the playoffs last year. And this year he's, he's been big in all the big games. Um, you know, I think Spencer Dinwiddie um, he's really surprised me. He's become a, a much better NBA player than I was projecting or expecting when he came out of Colorado. It's fun to see uh, that PAC 12 player getting things done. And then Jalen Brunson um, he's been playing extremely well. You take, you put those three guys in a pick and roll and then find the switch, find the matchup you want and then attack it. That's exactly what uh, Jason Kidd directed those perimeter players of Dallas to do. But looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, this one's going to be fun because it's Boston versus Miami. There's a lot of Portland area connections. I'm from the Portland area. Um, I don't know Eric Spolstra well. Um, I got to know him a little bit during my time in the NBA um, because he was a, a coach with the Suns at the time. We would always 
share a couple minutes and just chat about the WCC. And, and at that time, obviously, Portland um, is where he had played in college. Uh, he was professing a lot of pride for the Portland Pilots. And obviously, he was he was happy for Gonzaga's success and, and uh, you know, getting to know him, talking about, you know, some of the battles that he had had in the West Coast Conference um, and how he had kind of moved his career forward and then followed the league since then was fun. But um, what more can you say about the career that he's carved out starting as a video coordinator to now one of the best head coaches in the NBA. Um, again, it's going to be a fun matchup because he's from Portland, the Eastern conference final opponent, the Boston Celtics are led by another Portland uh, native friend of mine, Ime Udoka. We played pickup games all around Portland um, during, during high school and during college. And we were teammates in the NBA at, at, at one point. And he's leading Boston in their resurgent second half of the season where they've been dominant at times. Um, it's been fun to watch because when you look at uh, the staff that he's assembled, it's a ton of Portland connections. You, Damon Stoudemire, who's been on the ISO in the past. Um, you look at Ben Sullivan, who's from Lake Oswego High School, played at University of Portland. He's been on the ISO in the past. Aaron Miles, another Portland guy, went to Jefferson High School, then Kansas. Um, he's on the, on the staff. Uh, you look at Peyton Pritchard, He's playing extremely well from the Portland area. Um, so anybody from the Northwest and in particular Portland is going to have a lot of fun watching this series. But, you know, Boston's got tremendous firepower with Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, and then they've got great defensive uh, capabilities on that side of the floor to really shut things down with Marcus Smart. Um, you know, Grant Williams played extremely well in that game seven against Milwaukee in the victory. But uh, I think, at this point of, the, the, of a series and in deep into the playoffs, it goes to how dominant can your stars be? We saw it with Luka Doncic in game seven against Phoenix, but I, and you also saw it with, with Tatum. So I, I think it really comes down to for this Boston Miami matchup, who is going to be the better of the two stars? Um, you know, when you look at Miami, the, the star that comes to mind is, is Jimmy Butler. Um, he's not a, a superstar that scores it the way that a lot of guys can and do. Um, but he'll give you 24, 25, but his defense and how he impacts the game and in, in, in all different facets, um, makes you know that he's their guy. Um, you know, Bam Adebayo uh, a guy that, that Boston has to do a good job of taking care of and, and Kyle Lowry. I mean, shoot, he's in like year 14 or something in the NBA. All he does is win. Uh, he has figured out and carved out a niche in the NBA and really figured out what it takes to, to win. And every team that he's been on in recent memory has had that kind of bulldog mentality that, that he's played with uh, and they win. So I'm going to pick Boston in this series. I think it's going to go six or seven games. If I have to absolutely commit to one, I'm going to say Boston in seven. And I think the difference maker will be uh, Jason Tatum. Um, so that's going to be, again, as I said, a fun game uh fun series for anybody that's connected to the northwest and in portland but uh, i've got boston in seven and you head to the western conference um you know you you look at the eastern conference i mentioned a lot of defensive uh focus lowry and and jimmy butler dawson's played so well i think on the flip side for the western conference this is going to be a fun one because it's two teams that can just flat out score the basketball dallas mavericks and the golden state warriors and they do it in some different ways i think golden state um, yeah, they've got Steph that's going to run a lot of pick and rolls, a little, a lot of dribble handoff actions. Um, but they do it, 
by playing for and making plays for each other. They're tremendous with their off the ball actions, their screenings, um, the angles they play with, the spacing. Draymond Green is, is, a, is a playmaker at, at a lot of different times and a lot of places on the floor. Um, Clay Thompson looks more and more like himself. Uh, Jordan Poole has absolutely emerged as a, as a big time player. Uh, you, you're getting contributions across the board. The one question mark you, you see, though, is uh, do they have another perimeter wing um, to maybe slow down Luka Doncic defensively? Because that's where the, the GP Gary Payton Jr. Uh, injury uh, that it doesn't sound like he's going to be back and ready for the conference finals is, is hurting or will hurt Golden State because he can give it give you great energy on the defensive end and really kind of slow one of the three main perimeter players of, of Dallas down being Dinwiddie, Doncic, and Brunson. But, you know, I think Golden State, uh, the question becomes who guards Don, Luka Doncic? Is it Poole? Is it Clay Thompson? Um, and that's going to be a fun one to, to watch and, and keep an eye out for. And then on the flip side for Dallas, you know, there were times this year where they were number one in the, in the league in uh, points per possession and in offensive rating. Um, they play through Luka Doncic as much as any other team in the in the league plays through their star player Doncic uh, started off the season slowly many people were thinking hey he's out of shape uh, he's overweight um, did he lose his passion no <laughs> the grind of the NBA um, has been probably more than anybody could imagine the last couple of years because of COVID and then going into the bubble that season running long and then the next season starting late so there's so many factors that it wins. Guy just needed a break in the offseason. And, you know, I'm sure that the Alice front office, the organization and, and Doncic had a plan and an understanding for, you know, how they were hoping this season to go with him working his way into shape and, and everything kind of coming together. And it's worked out perfectly. I mean, you went a game seven and Doncic is so dominant. I don't think you can look back and complain at anything that happened early in the season, but um, you know, when, when you look at Dallas, they play with great spacing as well offensively. Uh, I think their actions are a lot more simple than Golden State. And much of it is because, as I alluded to earlier, they're, they're going to keep it simple. They're going to play out a, you know, a lot of pick and rolls with the defender that they're looking to spotlight, try to force a switch, um, and then exploit that mismatch. And you're going to see it with Luka Doncic. You're going to see it with Jalen Brunson. You're going to see it with Spencer Dinwiddie quite a bit. They don't have a tremendous low post scoring presence, but I think when you look throughout the course of the, the course of the season with every team in the league, there's very few that do. Even even Jokic and Embiid uh, step out, um, catch it a lot of times on that mid block. It's not as big of an issue as it would have been in years past. Um, but I think the question for Dallas is, can they slow down Steph Curry because he's playing unbelievably well right now? Um, I don't know, and this has been a this was a critique of Jalen Brunson when he came in the league. Is he quick enough to guard some of the better uh, perimeter players? Well, he's proved that he can, but Steph Curry is one of the all-time greats, and Steph Curry is playing at an extremely high level. So I think the question for Dallas comes down to, can they slow down Steph Curry without allowing one of those other wings, being Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, um, to, to really get going themselves. So um, my prediction, my pick, I've got Golden State in six. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. I think it's going to be a high-scoring series. Um, but all in all, I think the NBA is in a great place. All four teams that are at this point 
in the in the season right now when the playoffs with the conference finals none of them were in the conference finals a season ago so I, I think it really shows you the balance throughout the league uh over the last couple of years that so many teams you stay healthy maybe you make one trade that, that kind of bolsters your roster uh, a little bit and you've got a chance to make um rapid improvement in this league so there you have it i've got the celtics in seven and the Golden State Warriors in six. I do know this is going to be uh, a fun next 10 days, two weeks of basketball with conference finals. So for the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dan Dickow.